There is a place between mystery and terror, greed and desire, love and despair. It is a place that reaches beyond the shadows of our hopes and the desert of our deepest fears. It is the realm of the imagination, that timeless place of magic and intrigue. Look up ahead. There's a lighted house on the hill. Deep within lie the tales of mystery and wonder. Night Terror, Episode 2, written and produced by Sean America. The maniacal grin spread across Pan's features, and Mark saw a vein of saliva leaking down his chin. And how do you get a hold of that stuff? You can't stroll into the local Walmart and get explosives. I'll just fly in and steal what I want. Army surplus, construction depots, military complexes, <laughs> no big deal. Mark laughed. The absurdity of his dream was too much. You're asking me to raid military complexes? Be a felon and co-conspirator in a crime spree? Of course. It'll be fun. Lots of fun. But it's wrong. Wrong? Whatever do you mean? It's the wrong thing to do, Peter Pan. You're talking about murdering people. I could never do that. Pan's countenance changed and his face grew ugly. He pounced on Mark with inhuman speed, pressing a hunter's knife at Mark's neck. Listen, pony boy. I ain't asking. Refuse me and I'll cut your mommy into pieces. Then I'll slash you up real good. We're going to do this, and then I'll let you go. You can go back to your chummy little life, right? Mark trembled in fear. Looks like I don't have a choice. No, no you don't. I've got to get some things together. I'll be back next Saturday, midnight. Be ready. With that, Peter Pan flew out of the open window and disappeared into the night. The days following Peter Pan's arrival were abysmal. Mark spent half of the time dreading the return of the knife-wielding boy and half the time believing he was losing his grip on sanity. He asked Fran if he could stay home, and after taking one look at his pallid and haunted expression, she nodded. I am taking you to see Dr. Malkovich. This has gone on too long. I can see it's eating you alive. Yes, I think I need that. They scheduled an appointment with a psychiatrist. Mark and Fran stepped into the doctor's office, waiting their turn. An assistant waved them in and Mark sat on the patient's chair. He reiterated his story of the tunnel with the cold light at the end, something horrific chasing him, practically breathing over his shoulder. As to the pan apparition, perhaps he'd get to that later, much later. 
What kind of tunnel is it? Is it large? Is it subterranean? It is a kind of mountain tunnel, the kind you see on an interstate freeway. There are coal miner lamps along the walls providing illumination. And how does the tunnel make you feel? Is it safe place or a terrible one? It feels familiar, yet strange. If I could get far enough ahead, ahead to the end, I'd be safe. And what do you think you'll get when you get to the end of it? I don't know. I think the nightmare will end, for good. Interesting. So, you have a journey to make. Something to overcome. Tell me, are there things in your life, at school perhaps, which frighten you or give you stress? The usual. Rod McKinley, the school bully. I've had a few encounters with him. And how did you resolve it? I fought back. I punched him in the eye. I got beat up, but I kicked him in the ball so hard that he now leaves me alone. Okay, so you're brave. That's one of your good traits, Mark. I see that in you. I will tell you something, something I've learned from a lifetime of experience. No one can get through this life without courage. We need courage because there are many real monsters out there. Pedophiles, murderers, grotesque souls, manipulators, toxic people. We need to face them and face them with courage. I'm glad you punched that bully in the eye and kicked him in the nuts. It was the right thing to do. We have to stand up to bullies in this life or they'll run us over. Or worse, destroy us. This is something we simply must do to stand up to them. Now, back in the tunnel in your dream. Tunnels can mean many things. I could mean you are in the transition phase of your life. Have you ever looked back over your shoulder? Even a glimpse? No, never. Any inkling of what's behind you? Something from your past or fear of the future? No, I have no idea. All I feel is terror and dread. Let's explore those feelings. What you are afraid of. Fear, you see, is a useful emotion. It keeps us from falling off a cliff. But it can get out of control and become an irrational beast of its own. We must put fear in its proper place, you see. It can rule over us. We have to conquer our fears. And I do believe, Mark, you'll do just that in time. Do you think you can come back next week? Fran looked at Mark, and they both looked at Dr. Malkovic, nodding in agreement. Fran and Mark drove home. Dr. Malkovich had suggested adding a nightlight to help with the night terrors, so they installed one near his nightstand. It was a replica of an old street light with a little terrier looking up. It made him feel better. It pushed away the shadows of the imagination. He crept up in his bed, turning on the nightstand lamp, illuminating the room with its soft glow. Mark lay in his bed, thoughts running through his head, watching the sun go down, the shadows of the late afternoon growing long. Mark read through the Wallace Stevens poem again. Call the rower big cigars, the musker one, and bid him whip. In kitchen cups, corky peasant curds, 
let the wenches dawdle in such dress as they're used to wear, and let the boys bring flowers in last month's newspapers. Let B be the final of C. The only emperor is the emperor of ice cream. Take from the dresser of the deal, lacking the three glass knobs that sheet on which she embroidered fantails once, and spread it as to cover her face. If her horny feet protrude, they come to show how cold she is and dumb. Let the lamp affix its beam. The only emperor is the emperor of ice cream. As Mark drifted off to sleep, he noted with some alarm it was Saturday again. He began to dream. He dreamt he was at his father's funeral. It was his turn to view the body. It was covered with a sheet. He slowly pulled it off, revealing badly burnt flesh, skull open in a grin. He gasped in silent terror, running out of the funeral parlor. But before he could leave, he was stopped by a muscular man in a brown suit. Hey kid, don't you want your ice cream? Mark ran past the man, the ice cream cone dropping to the floor. The street narrowed into the familiar tunnel with the cold light at the end. He ran, his neck chafing from the starch collar, the horrible fear lurching and building again. Something black and terrible behind, a lurching and terrible monster, a monster to end him. Running in terror, a thought percolated from the depths of his brain. Aren't you tired of running? This endless running terror? Night after night after night? He was weary of it. Perhaps he could just stop. Give up. Give in to death. Just stop running. And turn around. Yes, he was tired. Tired of running. Stop and rest and let the monster finally take him. And so he stopped and turned around. And the nameless thing lunged. He opened his eyes to see it. It was nothing like he expected. It was just himself, naked and shivering, pale and afraid, trembling in the cold night air. Do I look like that? He wondered. He took his dark suit coat and put it around the arms of this trembling self. The image looked at him and reached out, touching his hands and it dissolved into nothing. Night Terror, Episode 2, starring Somera Trujillo as Peter Pan and Tinkerbell, Martin Miles as Mark and Dr. Malkovich, Karen America as Fran, I would also like to thank Darren America, co-writer on this series. I'd like to thank Karen America, tech consultant on this series. I would like to thank all of you who participated in this series. Thanks to you all. Have you enjoyed listening to Tales of Mystery and Wonder? Then consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. 
This will help us spread the word and create great content in the future. Thanks for listening.